0: It's just right for us.
1: The Rockpile Report, AFC East Roundup, hosted by Bills season ticket holder, Drew Gear, a part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network.
2: Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the AFCE's Roundup Podcast. I'm your host, Bill, season ticket holder, Drew Gear. That's my producer, Chris Krueger. In studio with us tonight, like Dr. Kyle Trimble, you know, owner and operator of bangedupbills.com. Uh, all things Bill's injury-related. We're here taking a... you know, Now that the 53-man rosters are set, I think one of the more understated things about an NFL season that I think we learned as Bills fans last year is how much the health of your team matters. And so as we do every year, we get together and we do a little health of the AFC East roundup. And before we start talking about the football players, I have a question. About a month and a half ago, Chris made some snarky comments on this podcast about a certain local doctor's office that he refused to give his medical information. We were talking about being petty. I remember this conversation. And there was a doc- doctor's office that he offered to give his previous medical history to that said, oh, no, we don't need it. And then later came back to him and said, oh, this back thing of yours. Can we see your. T-? And he was like, whoa, 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 no, no, you can't. No, you can't have that because you told me it didn't matter because he's a man of principle and he's petty as shit. Chris, I haven't asked you in a while. What is
1: wrong with your back? I still don't know. Uh how do you still not know? Cuz I haven't been to um PT. I haven't how, how long ago did they assign you PT? Well, I should have gone like uh when I got back from my trip. But which was when? July 4th. <laughs> <laughs> it's been 2 months. But I have I didn't go cuz of uh I went to the hospital for something else.
2: Well, yeah, only an asshole cuts their finger yeah. off making a... C- cuts a chunk of their finger. Kyle, do you buy this excuse to like, oh, I got distracted by cutting the tip of my finger off making a cocktail so I
3: couldn't go to PT? It happens all the time to me. Like, <laughs> really. People are like, oh, well, I had this and that, and they just blow it off. I'm like, well, it's really not that important to you if you're going to blow this stuff off or not make time for it. So, But then also... It's your back yeah. or it's your knee or it's your shoulder. It's like, you know, this isn't going to go away. Sometimes it does. Sometimes it doesn't. Chris, I do have a portable table. You know, you got my number. We'll talk. All right. Oh, my God. Don't help him. Don't <laughs> help him. He clearly doesn't care. He does. You guys have helped me plenty. I, I got to do something for me. He makes a damn good drink. So I, I, I got to do that for him. <laughs> what did he make you there?
1: Old fashioned, delicious as always. Cinnamon syrup and cardamom bitters. I don't no. know, Kyle. I don't know if I can have you over to have your uh, Robin Williams like arms when it comes to <laughs> hair touching my lower back or doing any type of PT or touching uh, my, I don't know. There's like a sitting position, I'm sure, that can like stretch out my, uh, lower back because I've had we've gone over it before I've texted you about yes my back issue for at least three years now since it's happened do you ever get
2: irritated when people ask you about an injury they have and then you kind of give them your free like hey I'm a friend of yours I'll give you what I think and here's some things you should do and then they just don't fucking do it
3: uh sometimes <laughs> like it, it used to get more aggravated about it but then as you get a little bit older you kind of Word things away that you can't give them what they want, but don't really give them all the details. And if they really want to know about it or they're going to follow up with it, they'll do what they say with it. They ask, but like my parents even do that. My dad said he had something with his knee. I can't remember right now. He's like, I, I need some stretches for it. And I gave him some real basic stuff. And it's been like maybe two months, like the Chris thing. And he hasn't come back to me. So either this thing's better or he's not doing a shit. So
2: You helped me when I tore my meniscus. Yes. You came over to my house. You were like, oh, no, that's... You're like, yeah, I can see there's a little instability there. You should probably... You gave me some stairs exercises, some different stretch. And I did them religiously. And it worked. And I was like, I'm not going to talk to him about it again because he came over here once, showed me the thing I have to do. I'm just going to start doing them. Yep. And if it gets worse, I'll ask him, but if it yep. doesn't, then I'm just going to keep doing it.
3: Some people want to be babied through the stuff, and that's fine, but sometimes people also want to be told what, what to do, and if they're not paying for it, they're not going to do it.
2: <laughs> that's it. It's Oh, yeah, if they're not paying for it, they're not doing it. Yep. For me, it was like, I'm happy I didn't have to pay for this. Now take this and run with it, because I'm cheap.
3: <laughs> Thank
2: you for all of your assistance. Thank you to everyone you've helped. Now, as you sip your... Uh, th- th- Kyle, did you know that this is the last cocktail? This is the last cocktail of our summer cocktail series. Yep. And he saved, of course, he served it in the glass I hate the most. Um, <laughs> it's called a coupe. I now know this. I just, like, this is what they tried to give me, a bourbon drink at the Cheesecake Factory, and I almost got into a fight with the waitress and the bartender over it. I was like, <laughs> I will not drink that. It like, does well, look
1: like you have a coupe with Orange Crush.
2: Yeah, well, that's it. Plus, this the color on this, this looks like something a child should be drinking. Yeah. Not a a grown adult. My daughter would love that. Can you imagine trying to have an argument, like a real serious argument with another adult while you're holding this drink in your hand? With your pinky out. You can't. There's no masculine way to hold this glass, and there's no way to fight with another adult while you're holding this and be taken seriously. (laughs) If I'm like, oh yeah? What are you going to do about it? They're going to look at that and just snicker. (laughs) It's like... (laughs) You you can't be tough while holding this drink or this glass. I hate all of it. With that in mind, it doesn't smell as citrus forward as I thought it would. I'm gonna get in here. Interesting. Okay. So it's a little bitter, to be honest. Here, you want to take a sip of that? Sure. It's,
3: you can hold it like this, that's less that's more manly. It's it's not sweet.
2: It's bitter, and it has a dark finish on the backside. Mm-hmm. A very oaky...
3: Wow. There's a little sweetness at the end, too, but like I was expecting just straight sweet. Yeah! Like, like a very light drink. That doesn't
1: taste as light as it looks.
2: No, Chris, what have you crafted here? Simple.
1: It's called a Naked and Famous. <laughs> it is a riff on the last word. It is equal parts... Aperol, lime juice, yellow chartreuse, and mezcal.
2: (laughs) Mezcal. There's the smoky kind of, okay, that's Mm -hmm. the smokiness I'm tasting. That's actually, like, this is a drink. I like this. You're going
3: to drink it slow. I mean, it's, that's. No, we'll drink it and.
2: I was going to say, I might finish this thing in five. Yeah, you will.
3: But I mean, like, that's something you can actually enjoy or at least drink slowly. You're not slamming it and then. Because you know, the lime juice, later.
2: the Aperol gives it the color and a little bit of flavor. The lime juice gives it the sweetness to balance everything because the mezcal sneaks in on the backside with that darkness. Yep. That is a quality cocktail. You you did save one of your best for last, Chris. At the same time, I am about to pour out myself some mellow corn because that's what kind of podcast is, says. <laughs> Chris, yeah. why
1: don't you tell our listeners what Mellow Corn is? It's like a straight corn whiskey, and it's like $18 at the liquor store. I think I got that at uh, Global a couple hey, months ago.
2: Bottled in Bond.
1: The thing you were freaking out about, it's Bottled and Bond. So They don't cut corners. It's bourbon created correctly.
2: Do, do you see that he says they don't cut corners, but it's a plastic screw-on cap on a bottle <laughs> of bourbon?
1: Yeah, sure. They don't cut any corners. Yeah, they don't cut any corners making it. Who gives a rip about the, the bottle? So
2: we're here talking about injuries. And the funny thing is, is that in terms of injuries and overall depth and how a team stacks up ahead of the NFL season, you can tell where some people cut some corners. Oh, yeah. And with that, we're going to start with the New York Jets. Chris, why don't you throw their depth chart up there on the screen as we go ahead and start off. First of all, when you look at the health of the New York Jets. There's already some concern. They've got some some problems, as you might say. Some immediate, some long-term. And that's what we're going to look at for every team in tonight's conversation. The immediate concerns for the Jets. First of all, Carl Lawson,
3: all of a sudden questionable for week one. What happened to him? So he's dealing with a back injury. Now, this is something that's been lingering all training camp. And he has not been able to practice since August 9th, though. He did return to practice from an individual standpoint uh, just the other day. So this isn't just something on oh, a sore back. It's, you know, whatever. It's something that something's going on there. We don't know the details of because they're not going to tell us that much. But you just start worried about is it a disc thing? Is it something that, you know this disc is always the first thing I go to. Is there some type of instability in there? There's something going on there greater than what the team is letting on. And you got to question whether he's going to get back out there. And usually what happens is these guys and doing stuff back on August 9th. That's before the preseason games. That's all before really. You okay there, buddy? <laughs> Drew dying on camera. That mezcal oh. real smoky. No, I'm getting over a chest gold. That was the last of it. So anyway, um, Carl Lawson, he's working through a back injury, hasn't practiced three weeks, finally got back to individual drills. You don't know what kind of, you know, what shape he's really in. I mean, even from a cardiovascular standpoint, if he can get out there and really play – you wonder if he's going to be out there in certain packages. You know, or I'm in football and the play the Bills. So, like I said, you start worrying about disc issue. Um, you know, we saw Spencer Brown. We've seen with Rob Gronkowski. We've seen with just countless other guys over the years with, with uh, disc issues there. So he's someone to watch, and he could be somebody that might struggle all year based off of what we're seeing right now. But you don't miss three weeks of practice and then come back acting like nothing happened. So. Um, it just It was all those things That you just kind of look It's like Oh okay He's missed a week of practice Okay now two Now three is a big problem So um,
2: Well And he also has a history Of what He first got there And immediately tore his knee uh, I think it was Achilles Achilles yeah. yeah So He's not a stranger To the Jets injury report Correct I think the problem is is that you're a team that has, like, you're known for this pass rush, and you're secondary, and hey, we're going to be good in coverage, and we're going to sack your quarterback a ton. That takes a hit. Oh, yeah. When you have a player like Carl Lawson, who you paid a bunch of money in free agency, not out there playing for you. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if it's on the same page as us losing Von Miller. It's not the same size, but it's
3: no. But he's just not going to be as effective. I mean, he might only be out there for you know, like I said, certain packages. He might only get through you know, just get out there when he can get out there, and, and probably just drug himself up just to get out there for the game. But
2: and on the other side of the of the line, the Jets offensive line has been bad for Chris. How long? How long are you willing to say the Jets offensive line has been mediocre to bad for?
1: Probably the Bush administration. I mean Mangold
2: and DeBrickshaw Ferguson they were great.
3: Yeah, they were. They were like
2: the the AFC years games. Yeah. The years where that Jets team was rushing its way to AF, you know, AFC Championship games. They were great. Mm-hmm. That was 2010, 2011, 2012 somewhere 2009,
3: there. 2009-2010, yeah. Okay. Since
2: then I don't think they feel that a. Fully competent offensive line. I know that you know people might say, "Oh, houses of glass for the Bills." It's like, all right, fair, but they haven't. And then they finally went and got a, You know, Elijah Vera Tucker, who just stands out as an all-star, and he gets hurt last year.
3: Yes, Season torn triceps. Injury.
2: Where is he at now in terms of recovery, in
3: terms of health? Uh, torn triceps. He's fine. He he was able to avoid pop. Those are you know fine injuries to return from. I mean, it's. Awful in season when it happens, but it's not something that tends to linger. Guys return performance levels, really no issues there. Um, he had missed like about two weeks of practice or kind of day to day with a leg injury, but I didn't really have a ton of information past that. But he mm-hmm. was out there still doing stuff with the preseason. Uh, I think he missed the first preseason game or second one because they did the four. So I think he missed one preseason game, but he's back out there. But his overall health, I'm not too concerned about. But, you know, I know he's a younger guy, but still it's. Um, you note the injuries, but it's not something that I'm too worried about, being a leg, and he's been still out there participating. Mm-hmm. So uh, no. thankfully last season was was an anomaly for him.
2: Now, what about the center, Joe Tippman, that they drafted? You Remember, he was the first center taken in the draft this year. Mm-hmm. Everyone thought that the guy out of Minnesota, um, what's his face?
3: Josh Michael Smith or no? Uh, something like that. Some three-name.
2: Yeah, I was going to say there was a hyphenated last name in yeah. there. I th- everyone thought he was going to be the the first center taken in the draft. Yeah. Joe Tippmann goes to the Jets. He gets hurt during training camp. Do we know whether or
3: not he's healthy? He had left knee injury. He missed several days and this was back last week. Um during the last preseason game. So he was out all last week, but then it seems like he's been returning. And of course, you know, during preseason cuts and everything else like that, some of that participation stuff kind of gets pushed by the wayside. So I haven't seen a huge updates from him, but you tend to see from the bigger reporters, you know, rich. Uh, Samini from um, the Jets, Antoine Staley from the Jets. You know, those guys are going to give us some pretty accurate information. And I haven't seen Tittman's name pop okay. up there, which is good. So, But he did have a handful of injuries coming out of college. And I remember when I was looking at the stuff prior for the Bills, he was a guy that I was like, he could be a target for the Bills, but he's a lot of injury concerns, and they typically don't target those guys early on in the draft. So mm-hmm. um, hopefully those things don't carry more over into uh, the pros there for him.
2: Now, st- Switching to players who are of long-term concern, unfortunately for the Jets, we're staying with the offensive line. Mackay Becton and Dwayne Brown, they're starting tackles. The players that they're kind of hitching their wagons to in terms of keeping their quarterback upright, neither of them have a clean history of health. No. Neither one of them.
3: I would say Becton's probably the biggest concern. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. He's played, what, one game over the past two years? That's, mm-hmm. that's a huge concern. And when you hear microfracture
2: surgery, like when I hear that, all I can think of is in the NBA, there was a player named Greg Oden. Yes. Giant player. He was huge. And everyone thought, like, oh, man, this guy. From Buffalo. This. Yes, he was. Yeah. Everyone said that he had the speed, the skill. He was going to be this not Shaq. But like Shaq Light, mm-hmm. like he had this ability to play the low post. He could dominate on the boards. He was explosive. Never made it in the NBA. Mostly because his knees just could not hold up. Correct. When I see that, I think of Makai Beckman and I go, <clears throat> even if you're healthy right now, how long are you for the NFL?
3: Yes. You're right. You're right. Um, So looking at his injuries, he he had a lot going on. Uh, I don't think he had too many issues coming out of college, but in 2021, he had MCL sprain, patellar dislocation, and cartilage damage. That kind of goes in with the microfracture you talked about. I didn't read that he had microfracture, but it wouldn't surprise me that he did have some type of uh, procedure like that. Uh, But then, unfortunately, when he did come back, um, he suffered an avulsion fracture to his kneecap, which is where part of the bone actually rips off Uh. along with the ligament. He required a patella realignment surgery. Now he said that he got the quicker of the two possible surgeries he could have gotten, um, and he should have done the other one. I didn't know that the difference of that. I never got a clear answer on what the difference between two surgeries were uh, from what he got in twenty twenty two versus now or whatever. So <coughs> anyway, um, he lost a lot of weight. He lost about fifty pounds, which helped makes him move around a little bit better, obviously can take some pressure off his knees, help him move around better, and his phrase has been the new normal, and I use that a lot with <laughs> my patients, I go, you, you've had this injury, you have this thing, you're trying to find that new normal, and that's what McBecton's been doing, and he's been doing okay so far, but they've been really cautious on uh, limiting his reps and trying to just not expose him too much out there and cause him problems, because... They have a lot of resources invested in him, you know, from a surgery standpoint. They draft him what fourth overall. So they want to make sure this guy can get out there and actually perform. So if they (laughs) can make sure he gets through at least part of the season, they're not replacing a key cog of their offensive line and, you know, going back to square one like they did last year.
2: The problem for them is now if we look at this depth chart Chris has up in front of us, they have no real offensive line depth to speak of. Billy Turner isn't anything that, no. like, I would be concerned about that as a starting right tackle for my team. Max Mitchell, he did, I...
3: He did okay, but he was held up by a bad knee injury last year, and then he had blood clots in his uh, legs and, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, but that was a hereditary thing. I was just unfortunate. Sure.
2: But also, he's not exactly a standout. No. I mean, there's a... Re- he's just a guy. He's just a guy. Wes Schweitzer, who was an undrafted free agent player, and he was working through an injury last week too. Yeah, so they don't really have much. They're paper thin on the offensive line. Yeah, and the, their starters all,
3: look okay, but then yeah, well, something <clears throat> goes down. You're, you're and that's the problem is that not only <clears throat> are
2: your not only are you paper thin, but now your starters all have these injury red flags. Yes, so it's not even like you can say, "Well, we don't have depth, but our guys." They, they'll probably be good. Yeah. You don't even have that to hang your hat on. The other question I have is Brees Hall. ACL rehab, he's already back. He's not on the pop list. So, But how ex- like explosive at this point in a guy's recovery do you expect him to be? like? You've done a great job covering Von Miller's rehab mm-hmm. over at bangedupbills.com and just on Twitter with all the clips that you give nice commentary and you kind of give some insight to, where do you think Brees Hall might be given the timeline?
3: I mean, he, he avoided, well, he was on pop and got activated, and he's been moving around real well. They've been timing him out with, with straight line speed, which isn't true in indicator of how you're doing from ACL rehab. You need to be cutting and you know pivoting and really doing all the, the jukey stuff that you see with running backs there. So um, I haven't been paying attention as close to him as I should. But once again, you know, 40 mm-hmm. hour job, three mm-hmm. kids. Got <clears> to <throat> devote my time so yeah So, but I mean, he's been looking really good. I have some friends who do more fantasy and they've been commenting on that. Like, he definitely seems like he's farther ahead than most guys are at that stage, which is really good to see there. So I always kind of look at with the ACL, especially with running backs, you you kind of see this slow increase activity. You might see a better Brees Hall in the second half of the season. Obviously, hopefully, return to form in twenty twenty four. But he's going to totally continue to go up. But he doesn't have to carry the bulk of the carries this year with Dalvin Cook in there, uh, Michael Carter. Uh, who else do they have? They have actually a pretty decent um, running back stable. Uh, looking at the uh, yeah Israel whatever <laughs> he, he's done all right there. I'll be anaconda's hurt. Yes. Uh yeah, thigh injury for him, but they said it was a two week injury, which you know shouldn't be a big issue, but if he's a game day active for a week or two, but like they have a good you know running back stable, so Hall doesn't need to be the bell cow, especially with Dalvin Cook in the backfield. I wonder,
2: Chris, is this one of those things though where Delvin Cook, they're gonna make him active, but how well can you learn a team's playbook in the two weeks you've been there?
1: I have no idea.
2: It'll be interesting to see because he's probably going to be It's Nate Hackett's
1: a- playbook. How bad <laughs> can it be? I mean, what is it? What is it? He is. He's a good dude, according <laughs> to Aaron Rodgers. He's fun to have beers with. So I'm sure his offense isn't that fucking complicated. You guys are fun fun to have beers with. I mean, you think you could run an NFL offense?
2: I could probably run it as well as Hackett did in Denver. <laughs> what a fucking boob. He, the <laughs> fastest guy to get fired, and then everyone's excited that he's your offensive coordinator? Sure. What what go about Urban ahead Meyer? and try to did, spin Urban, that. Did Urban Meyer beat him by a game or two? Maybe. Actually, Urban Meyer might have him by a game or two, but that's because he assaulted a, he kicked a kicker. Yeah. How do you kick an NFL? Chris.
1: I mean, he did also have a woman grind on his main region.
2: Yeah, but what? Listen, <laughs> you want to tell me that there aren't guys in the NFL who are married who are out there doing that?
1: I mean, I'm sure there are, but also you don't finish a game.
3: And then not fly back.
1: And then your team. not fly back. You lose a game because they you were lose
2: right back a out. game and then go partying out in Columbus and grinding with bimbos. That's a good idea. No, uh, that that whole thing is just hilarious to me that, like, th- this whole thing just seems too cute. You've got a head coach that's never struck me as overwhelmingly, like, the guy. Mm-hmm. What I, I was the first person to point it out, and there was a lot of Jets fans who actually agreed with me on Twitter. When I said, the fact that you've got a guy in your locker room who's been there since Robert Sala was hired, who's saying, oh, man... The tone of the locker room since when, you know, before to now when Aaron Rodgers got here, it's totally different. That's not a good thing. No, it's not. That means that your coach is literally just riding sidecar now. He's in the small seat. What does that guy actually bring to the table? Because all I see, for all the things people want to say nice about him, is a guy who has back to back four win football teams. Now you've given him a quarterback and you think that his his acumen and that his game management skills are on par. But do you know that? Because there was a very winnable game right in front of him against the Minnesota Vikings last year. And he found a way to fuck that up too. Yep. So I don't know who you blame for that. Like, I, I don't know. <clears throat> I think that there's a lot like the New York jets strike me as a sand castle, right? Yep. Like they built this really close to the beach and they're just hoping the tide doesn't come in. And as long as it doesn't, they'll be fine. They will be a very, very, very competitive football team. A couple injuries on in the offensive line.
3: They need a continuity there, too. Once one goes down, that's where you're going to have trouble with Aaron Rodgers. I mean, that's what happened in Green Bay toward the end. He's
2: a couple a good- big games early on in the season that don't go well. Mm-hmm. And a New York media that doesn't give mm-hmm. a fuck about how Aaron Rodgers used to be coddled by the media things will not go well and what is Robert Sala strong enough to deal with that because already his players seem to have been like hey Aaron Rodgers is the strongest personality in the room right now not you that's a recipe for disaster
3: it can be it
2: it's it's hopefully they stay healthy that's it right
3: yeah like i said the starting five looks good up front but some guy starts going down It was that continuity and then i don't <laughs> care what nfl team you are as soon as you start losing one offensive line you start seeing cluster injuries and then you start seeing you know other injuries happen to running backs quarterbacks i mean it just things don't go well when you don't have that continuity
2: speaking of not having continuity we we really thought we were going to see a quarterback change in with the Patriots I was really hoping Bailey Zappi was going to win that job but apparently it was never a race because they relegated him to the practice squad the Patriots only have one active quarterback is that weird to you
3: they got two now well
2: they two they have Will Mac Greer Co- no
1: they oh, no, Mac Mac Coral.
2: Coral. Yep. oh good so Chris how, how who didn't play last year yeah who didn't play last year hey Mac Jones guess who's backing you up a dude who didn't play in the NFL last year good luck Don't get killed. When I look at the roster, they've got some immediate concerns. Uh, First of all, Riley Reef. I think they signed him thinking they knew what they were getting. And he's been up and down. According to all reports, he was not as good as advertised. And then he was injured.
3: Where does he stand right now from what you know? Well, most things come out of New England. We don't know. That sucks because that's par for the course for them. But he did have a uh, leg injury. He got rolled up on. When you get rolled up on, you always worry about uh, MCL sprain. You worry about high ankle sprain. So we don't know where he's at. He's been off to the side from what I last saw. Um, You got to question whether he's going to be ready for week one. It just remains to be seen. But we'll get a better picture next week when they start releasing injury reports, though. New England, like like New England doesn't fuck with the injury report. Everybody's gonna be limited. Everybody's questionable. I hate covering New England with this stuff. Like I like, I enjoy what I do. It's fun hobby. But when you look at the New England stuff, everybody's questionable. Everybody's limited, and they don't give you any video as what these guys are doing. You don't have any side what they're working with. You have nothing. So it's like, what the hell do you talk about? It's it does suck when you're trying to give some type of
1: specific information. Kind of like when Drew comes over for this podcast, yeah, pretty much. He shows up, and I'm like, I, I don't have a format sheet of what he wants <laughs> to talk about. He just emailed me or just sent me a text guys, ten minutes the, before he gets here about wanting audio. Just it's like working with Drew. It's the same thing, guys. It's the off season. I I
2: nobody slacks harder in the off season of podcasting than Drew Gear. <laughs> I don't tell Chris a fucking thing. I show up here. <laughs> well, you didn't tell me anything either. We're here talking tonight. Look at me. I'm coughing into a microphone. I'm literally trying not to die as we do this podcast. Wow. I don't know what happened, Chris. I fell apart somehow in
1: the hour it's the between the last recording. Mezcal.
2: It's the mezcal. Is that it? It's just getting me?
1: Yeah. Dude. What do you need is melicorn to <laughs> offset it? Have some more water. I need a beer, and you get
3: uh, you catch your breath there. All right, yeah, well, pour
1: can... yourself some of that mellow corn. Enjoy yeah, a I will do that.
3: Yeah, I'll have some of that mellow corn and then I'll have yeah. a, a little Mellow corn, sir. So
2: here's the here's the thing I think about when I see the Patriots. The way they treat the injury report, you're right, you're never really gonna know who's hurt, who's not. But then there's the stuff you see. There's the stuff you see take place, like Christian Gonzalez. He they they prioritized him as a first round draft pick because yeah. they knew they needed better cornerbacks. He immediately gets injured. He missed time during the offseason. Are we talking serious injuries or are we talking about like anything that could linger or nag into the regular season?
3: What are we talking about with Christian Gonzalez? Well, it's happened in practice and once <clears> again <throat> we don't get any real details. Uh yeah. we did get a it was a left leg injury. And he happened to suffer this on Wednesday, but he would he did play in the preseason game two days two days later. Okay, so there really wasn't anything to worry about that. But still, anytime your first round draft pick goes down with any type of injury, you do hold your breath a little bit.
2: Ooh, Chris, that old tub is way better than this of Corn. This
3: Mellow Corn is a because it's one hundred percent corn whiskey. <sighs> Holy I, I've had worse. I mean, this is uh, it's worth the job done either way.
2: But still. i want that. Where's my old tub? Get your main IAFETI in here. (laughs) Yeah. No, his nickname's Old Tub now. (laughs) I told him, I go, if I said that in front of him, he'd probably just punch me in the stomach. He'd be like, oh, look, it's Old Tub IAFETI. (laughs) The fuck do you say to me? And then he would just mush my face. Like, like that's the most insulting thing, right? Like, if a guy's bigger than you, Mm -hmm. it's not even that he would punch you, because that would take so much effort on his part. It would just be him putting his hand in your face and then just mushing you. Yep. And you, you couldn't and you do would anything just crumple. to st- And you would just crumple underneath it, and you couldn't do anything to stop it. It's like when you do to your kid. You're just like, get you're down, get, shut stop up. Stop it. Yep. When your kid bum rushes you, and you're like, boom, stiff arm. Yep. How do they have three wide receivers all questionable for week one already? Uh, Montgomery, Thornton, and Douglas all listed as questionable for week one. What the hell happened?
3: Well, okay. So Montgomery's is actually on the practice squad, so he... I mean he could play week 1 but okay. he's been dealing with an injury uh, a left leg injury since July 27th he was not able to practice all training camp and I'm oh, like good. yeah yeah I know that's great right Oh good Yeah so um he collided with I believe it was therese Hall linebacker got cut like a week later and I'm sure that wasn't due to it wasn't colliding collision with it. but yeah. it was like hey you're not
2: good, and also,
3: damn, You it. got one of, gu- one of our guys that we actually like hurt. So damn left leg injury. We don't know what happened. Once again, I there's there's nothing out there. It's not like there's some secret video, you know, of these what these guys happen. I mean, no, but I, I'm
2: sure there's secret video of everyone else's practices.
3: Yes, <laughs> yes, as well timed, yes. So as for Thornton, he's dealing with a shoulder injury. He was designated week to week, and he is currently on short-term IR, which is where he started last season when he suffered a broken collarbone. So the guy can play. We saw it. He's good, but he just got to stay healthy. Um, well, is it
2: concerning that now in your expertise, collarbone injury, next-season shoulder injury, both of them require IR stints. At a certain point, from what you know about rehab of those sorts of injuries, the AC joint and the shoulder – Is there a point where you sustain enough injuries of those type to the upper body where it does become like they start to compound?
3: Yeah, they can. Yeah, especially the AC joints. I mean, you can heal up from those, and sometimes you might have a deformity in there, but you still have full function. But you keep taking hits to that area, and it's unstable. The clavicle acts like a strut in the car there. So if you start losing that stability in the strut, you start kind of losing the stability of the car drive in there. there. Yeah. So, Sounds you know, like my shoulder. Exactly. That's probably what it is like. If you took another hard hit to that shoulder – it wouldn't be feeling good there. So Thornton, you know, he probably has a pretty significant AC joint sprain. The prior one doesn't help, or at least the clavicle, But he really could have had a AC joint sprain, which also led into a clavicle uh, fracture. Mm-hmm. So um, that's unfortunate, but it doesn't help them when he's sitting on the sidelines rehabbing.
2: No, like, I mean, just, they took like, him because he was one of the fastest wide receivers in the draft, Yeah, and it's cool that you're fast, John Ross was
3: flat fast and well. That's it. You still have to be able to take a hit, exactly. And if you can't, that's unfortunate. Sometimes just bad timing. Mm -hmm. And then you mentioned Douglas there too. We don't know what's going on with him, but he made the team. He's been balling out, like right. Yeah, and that was it. That's why when
2: I see him on the injury report, I go, "Wait, what happened to you?" And of course, he's the famous
3: undisclosed. Chris,
2: scroll up for me so we can see the depth chart. The problem for this team is going to be. That as they absorb these wide receiver injuries, sure, you have Devontae Parker, Kendrick Bourne, and Juju Smith Schuster. Those are your guys.
3: Yep.
2: <clears throat> None of them are really guys I would want to. Is there a single guy on that list that you would want to call your team's wide receiver one?
3: Let me look. If you here. thought
2: you were a good football team. Like. I mean, maybe the, Parker my, or Smith Schuster, but twi- that's. The yeah. 2017 and 2018 Bills would have looked at this wide receiver group and gone, fuck. Yeah. I wish we had that. The 2023 Buffalo Bills look at that and kind of spit in their
3: faces. They're like, yeah, you might make our practice squad."
2: Yeah, some of you might be okay for our practice squad. Devonte Parker might be able to make the 53, but Gabe Davis I think is better than Devonte Parker.
3: Oh yeah, absolutely. Like I don't
2: think it's arguable, but I feel like it might it might seem to people like a hot take. The problem is is that as your depth absorbs these injuries, what are you left with? Uh A rookie in DeMario Douglas, a rookie in Kayshaun, uh, what is it? Booty. Booty? Yeah. And then Matthew Slater, who we know is only a special team. Yeah. So realistically, you have five wide receivers, two of them are rookies. You have those three guys at the top and nothing. Yeah. yeah. So you better pray to God they stay healthy or else you're in a lot of trouble. Exactly, and then in terms
3: of the long term. Oh, hold on, hold on. Ooh. They they, they, they uh, signed Jalen Rager tonight. That's that's depth. Ooh. No, he's Did practice squad. So the just... famous Jalen Rager, <laughs> and they also have Thyric Pitts. Thyric Pitts—that sounds
2: like a disease. You it does, Chris. I can't come podcast tonight. I got a problem with my
3: Thyric <laughs> My thyroid. I had up. to throw that in there. Just those two. Like that's what they got going on.
2: Thyric. Like this is the wide receiver group, folks. Thyric Pitts. He's the savior. <clears throat> Long-term concerns. I'm looking at though. Cole Strange, Mike Kosicki, and then the cornerbacks, Josh John Jones and Isaiah Bolden. Mike Kosicki and that shoulder injury, I feel like for a guy who doesn't block, it might not be the worst thing in the world, but also, you're not, he's not a physical guy to begin with. No. Hurting your Uh -uh. shoulder maybe doesn't hurt you as much, but it you're still a big target people are going to hit you you're mostly as a tight end working the seams which means you're getting hit from behind and from the sides by safeties Mm -hmm. what type of shoulder injury do you have any information i mean i know they're tight-lipped up there do you have any information or do you have any ideas to whether or not this might be something that could be re-aggravated because that's that's the nature of shoulder injuries
3: yep as a guy with two of them i fucking know. So, this is one of the ones I actually do have some information on. So, last year, Mike, Mike Gisicki suffered a shoulder injury late when he was playing for Miami. And there's a question whether he suffered a shoulder subluxation or even dislocation. And he, I think, missed one game or was questionable for it. Then he came back, but there was a lot of questions about what exactly happened, came back and played, and, you know, then they ended the season and whatnot there. So, what happened was that gives us some, some baseline, some idea what's what was happening there. And then we had this report from Ian Rapport. Now, Ian Rapport is the reason why I do what I do because of fucking reports like this. I'm going to read it verbatim. Patriots tight end Mike Kosicki, who has been impressive early on in camp, suffered mild dislocated shoulder during yesterday's practice, source said. While nothing is given, the hope is that he's back for week one despite the AC joint injury. They're two fucking different injuries. <laughs> like Those aren't the same thing? I know things. you're the mouthpiece, but... Where are you getting your information from, dude? Like, seriously, those are two separate injuries. AC joint sprain versus shoulder dislocation. That's a labrum tear. Like... Which way is it? But that makes That's me lead to believe that this is a labor injury, and he missed about a week of practice, didn't play in the one preseason game, and then came back, which you can come back with a harness and whatnot. So that makes me think it's more of a labor injury, injury and that he's going to have some recurring instability going forward with sure. this year. So we, we see that. We saw Jordan Phillips last year with the Bills. Look at he James was, Cook. James Cook was wearing a brace. He's
2: been Matt, wearing that since junior year of high, uh, college, though. So. Matt Milano. After his shoulder injury was playing, after his pec injury was playing with that wrap, because when you have instability or there's like, hey, we need to keep this all tight so that Dalvin Cook too. Dalvin Cook always played with it, but as soon as he had that shoulder injury, they said, "Listen, you can play. We're just going to wrap this so that your arm can't pop out." Yep. Now I wish I had one of those because I have that in my left shoulder, where it's never fully left the socket, but it's the labrum's torn enough that if I. If I
3: stress it, you feel it going. You're like, oh. If I do too much,
2: yep. And then, and then the problem is, it just clicks for a while. Yeah. And it's like, oh well. So I had to stop bench pressing because something about the motion of me going straight forward with a bar with weight on it on this side, it'll just at a certain point, depending on the amount of weight, and it's just if and it's almost like if I overextend. If I kept it close, I'd be Mm -hmm. fine. It's the moment that I get to like here. There's a like a click. Back here, and now I'm fucked. And I have to tuck my arm in like this, and now I walk out of the gym, and I drive with my right arm for a week and a, week have and a half, posterior tear,
3: And it might just be that weight pushing down through that shoulder, mm-hmm. which is why we see posterior labral tears in Lyman, because they're pushing out straight like this. You probably had that at some point, and it just starts pushing down on that, and you're like, oh, let's not do that
2: anymore. Yeah, it's like, well, now we're going to drive like this for a few days, and then yeah. when I'm done, I'm going to... Slowly get back into things and not do that again for yeah. a while. Yeah. Like I've never had a full dislocation, but Jesus Christ it's it must fun. hurt I've it had must this. hurt
3: like crazy. Yeah. They're no, they're they're a bitch. So then
2: Cole Strange. Like the cornerbacks, whatever, Cole Strange. What's the deal with him? He's another mystery
3: one. Now I mystery do you have some either. information on him. Let me let me find him here. Uh, he's up here, but once again, these guys—they've had a lot of injuries to the offensive line again this year. Now he had left injury, or excuse me, left knee injury. Uh, he's able to play in the preseason game, uh, this most recent one, but he has been out since almost since the beginning of training camp too. Let me. Yeah. Uh, it, he hasn't been good. Like I, I don't know what happened. I think it was July 31st. Yeah. Can July you scroll 31st. up on the depth
2: chart right there so I can see that? So he's been
3: out all, all you know, thing, all pretty much training camp, and then he came back and played a little bit. But like, what's going on? I mean,
2: yeah, you're. It's not. It's not good. Yeah. Whatever happened to you is not great. David Andrews is somehow still there as their center.
3: He's the got. Two- be- He's a Methuselah at this point. Yeah, he, he's tough. He played through a rotator cuff tear. Um, he didn't miss a snap at all, which was really mm-hmm. impressive. This was two years ago. It was tough for, for a UDFA. Yeah. I I, I admire what he does.
2: He, he's a good player. David Andrews, Cole Strange, Trent Brown, who's kind of been banged up with ankle injuries. A Wenwu missed time last year. He's right- coming
3: off, a, I believe, a... Uh, ankle reconstruction he he had i think daquan jones fall on him during yeah and he had 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 some ankle injuries before but then this a timeline suggested that he had the ankle reconstruction they turn out well but it's just they they take time to do yeah so but he he says he's kept the speed and then of course we got riley reef who's right tackle right now and he's working through an injury so you got david andrews and then trent brown was working through an injury earlier in training camp so david andrews is your healthy guy
2: so another team
0: Just go to indeed.com slash blue wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
2: Banged up on the offensive line. And look at how many, Chris, how many rookies do they have? Backing uh, up their offensive line. Three. Three rookies, both guards and their center, are all rookies drafted at the back end of this draft. And then they have Kelvin Anderson and Tyrone Wheatley Jr., who they traded for as the backups of the right? tackles.
3: I believe Tyrone Wheatley is a
1: cadishist guy, I think. Why don't we find out? Let's see. Morgan State. Morgan State. You were close. And by close, I mean you were wrong. <laughs> no, no,
3: I, I'm, I'm pretty sure he somebody... The Somebody boy, the said that he was from yeah. high school. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that they said he. that's where he, he grew up there.
2: Interesting. Well, here's what I know. Their offensive line is injury prone, already getting banged up, and they have zero depth to speak of. Their wide receiver core, banged up, zero depth to speak of. There are problems on this football team. But the, I almost feel like we saved the best for last because G. Oh, did you look it up? Yeah. Yep. Can you Buffalo. Yep. Bang. Putting Chris's stupid face. (laughs) Suck it. Suck it. Hair. (laughs) The, we saved the best for last because, uh, you know, before we talk about the Buffalo Bills, the Miami Dolphins. I don't know how, but they've somehow assumed the mantle that used to belong to the New York Jets of the most injured team in the AFC East. They have 11 players questionable for week one as of today, and that's not counting the guys they've had to put on IR. That's insane. When we think about what's happened to them this offseason, they put together a roster. That's the reason. And Chris, this is how I know that most national pundits who say the things that rile up everybody on Bill's Twitter are going off like they're box score watching the offseason. They're not actually paying attention to what's happening because all of the they're like for Mike Florio to go on pro football talk yesterday or maybe earlier today and say, have the balls to put it. He was yesterday put on an article positing whether and, and he goes, oh, well, we talked on our, the fact that you had this conversation proves that you're a horse's ass. Are Your horses asked for quoting Mike Florio. Are the Bills in danger of finishing fourth in the AFC East? God, that guy's the worst. And in there, he was quoted as saying, the Jets and Dolphins have both surpassed the Bills in terms of the offseason and the roster. He wants clicks. Sure, but also do you act you're saying this t-
3: this week you said it two days ago are you not paying attention to what the fuck has happened to this dolphin steam wasn't he also going on about his stuff on digs still is not happy and this was like two weeks ago he said too. i mean sure, the, the guys just uh, blow sure,
2: him and jason whitlock yeah the two of them can get together and i'm a fucking <laughs> circle jerk about it here's what i love chris scroll up for a second <clears throat> sh- sh- show me some of this all right here we go so when you start to look at this first of all what I, what you might notice is that, uh, Chris scroll down. Let me see them cornerbacks. So one of the things that has been the calling card of that Dolphins team is that they've always spent money on cornerbacks. Yep. They had Byron Jones. They had Xavier Howard. Then when Byron Jones was out, luckily Keon Cross and stepped up and was a very competent cornerback. Yep. They don't have any of these fucking guys. Nope. They signed Jalen Ramsey. Or traded for him, yep. and gave him an extension. <gasps> Jalen Ramsey ain't here. No, nope. like this is insanity. So now you look at this cornerback depth chart. It's Xavier Howard, who's always injured. Eli Apple, who just always sucks. Uh, Deshaun Elliott and Justin Bethel. Those are
3: your four cornerbacks. Bethel's in with an injury. I don't know what's going on with him, but and, and... <laughs> of course he is. Yeah. Deshaun Elliott. I don't know anything about him. He's undrafted, right? Yep. How crazy is that? Like you're going to enter the, the
2: the Dolphins are entering the season with three cornerbacks that they know anything about, and two of them aren't good. Two of them aren't good. No, and one of them's a rookie. Yep. Like that's not good. But but guys, they lapped us, right? They <laughs> lapped the Buffalo Bills. I see this first of all the Ramsey thing.
3: That was this, unfortunate for him. He's a he's a talented player, despite December? his opinions. But do you think December? That's what I had planned. Yeah, no, I've I've heard some people say in October, November because it could be a small meniscus tear. Though I know meniscus repair protocols have gotten more um, advanced or or more. Progressive, and that you can weight bear on him sooner. They're usually, you're supposed to be non-weight bearing for about six weeks or whatever. But he would weight bearing pretty quickly. But that could also indicate a smaller tear that they want to repair. And he did the right thing by getting it repaired. If he wants a longer career, he's going to do that. But cool. December, he wants that money. Well, yeah, he wants the money, but I—I I mean, that's just—they used to just trim it out, and then you got guys like Charles Clay who can't play get-through game. So Ramsey is a smart guy for his long-term health and the money. But yeah, December might be reasonable, but even when he comes back, he's not going to be 100% because he's not game shape. Exactly, and it just takes time to get that back. Like we saw that with how many other countless guys coming off of if they hundreds. make the playoffs he'll be
2: healthy for the playoffs and that could be a problem probably reasonable and that's an issue if you're a team that's as thin in the secondary as they are now because you look at this they made the decision and I asked Elf uh, Elf Artiaga I asked him today if Mike Greer could get into a DeLorean and go back to the day before he made the no egg trade Knowing that Keon Crossan was going to suddenly get lost for the season due to a quote unquote freak injury, a freak injury at practice that they haven't
3: disclosed, right? No, I have not found anything on that. Just freak injury. And I was like, okay, used to me. All right. Did a car fly over the fucking median and
2: roll over on his leg? Like, what happened? You want to tell me? Could happen. Got hit by a bottle rocket from two two blocks away during <laughs> practice, caught him right in the eyes. He, he's out, he can't see. Yep. Tell me what the injury is. He's done for the year, so all of a sudden you have no depth, and you just traded away one of the players who's been playing on your roster for who opened training camp as one of your starters. Yep. Like I just I was like, do you think they would rethink this? He says no, but
3: well, I feel like. Noah wasn't doing anything here. I don't, no. I don't blame you for moving him. You can actually get somebody who might be able to play, but still, you lose a guy. I mean, they have Cam Smith. They have Javon Holland. Uh, Kater Kahu has been great. I mean, he. Kater yeah. yeah. So, like, they had still have some talent back there, but it's just not as deep. And so, if they start suffering injuries, like, and other guys come off injury, Javon Holland's good, but they don't have a ton of depth. But I mean, we're seeing a trend here, of course, with every team. Mm-hmm. You know. So now.
2: You look at the immediate, Elijah Campbell, right? He's not play, he's, he's your third safety. Yeah. He's not, he's not going on IR, but they were talking about him being like a player who, due to his knee injury. Yeah. What do you think about that injury? Do you have any data on that or any information?
3: No, I don't. Other than it was just, you know, something happened. They said happened. it was a non-ACL knee injury. Yeah, other than that, yeah. Then you start thinking meniscus and, you know, maybe trying to figure out what they want to do. There could be a significant MCL sprain. You could have some of uh, patellar subluxation dislocation. Um, you could have something where there's some type of instability in there that's just not going to allow you to perform all that well. I and mean, then there's other injuries, too, but those are the first things I always go to. And then you worry about the backpedaling, the cutting the jumping and just you can't do that stuff when there's not as much stability in the knee.
2: So that guy's not going to be back anytime soon. And that's a problem Within for the past,
3: a, next month. Yeah. And, and he was expected to
2: be a big part of the safety group. The long term concerns for this team are guys who are playing, but who knows for how long. Teron Armstead is a ticking time bomb. They lose a lot of games when he's not involved. Correct. Teron Armstead got hurt. And carted off the field during training camp And every Dolphins fan was screaming into the ether <laughs> That Nicky Smokes asshole was going nuts I loved it uh, But that, <laughs> Yeah, that is funny I do like <laughs> reveling in when he's upset But he's back on the
3: field The guy is an Iron Man he is. He is. He played. He was. He was in Pro Bowl, right? Yep. He was Pro Bowl despite all the shit he went through last year. It was impressive. I have. I admire Teron Armstead's game because he gets out there and balls out despite having half his body just beat up. He's in tatters. He's playing. He is
2: in tatters and he's playing better than most left tackles in football. Yes. It's crazy, and if you could ever just get a healthy Tyrone Armstead, I'd be terrified it's, to see what that looks exactly. Like. Unfortunately, we've never seen it,
3: <laughs> and that goes back to his New Orleans Saints days. Every I time know. He just we talked about this last year, you know, and we talked about that at the time. Greg Leo was his backup, who's now a free agent. But anyway, um, yeah, Armstead, uh, who is his backup right now? Um, Chris, scroll up a little bit. Who are we seeing here? Kendall Lamb. Yeah, I don't know. He's I mean, just a guy. But Teron Armstead, we saw he went in practice all week and then get out there and ball out there. Now I will tell you, he is right in the injury. He had scoped in the offseason. season. Um, I know he hasn't been practicing since he got fell on. I have on good authority that he's going to be okay. This is isn't okay. something that should be lingering. So all right, yeah. All right, I mean. So, if Miami Dolphins fans are listening. His knees gonna be okay. I mean, his knees are beat up, but this most recent injury is not something that should be causing problems. You know, that's a
2: guy that at the end of his career, I'd like to sit down and pick his brain. Just be like, what is it that gets you out of bed and makes you want to get back in the fucking ring with this stuff again? Millions of dollars. So, yeah, but millions of dollars. But he already had millions of dollars. He's still doing it for pride. It's fucking wild. I respect it. And then there's, obviously, Tua Tagovailoa. He's a ticking time bomb with his head injury, but it's interesting that his backup, Mike White, also has been out most of the preseason with a concussion. Correct. So Skylar Thompson probably starts the season as the de facto quarterback, too, on game day, week one. Mm -hmm. But these are the three quarterbacks you have who understand the system, have been in the team with the install and the training camp process, and at any point in time... All three of them could be taken off the field due to a concussion. That's not a great room to have. And if you're Tua, like I hope all the falling practice and stuff he's doing helps him protect himself. I really do. I, because he's because you don't want to see a guy get his fucking brain scrambled on national TV again. Yeah. I don't need to see that. Like that's it doesn't bring me any joy. I'm I'm the painful person. I'm one of the most hateful people on earth. You're not Tom Brady. I don't want to see that happen to you. You're just not. Yeah. So uh, they don't have depth, and that's the problem. Again, Chris, recurring theme through every one of these teams. They already have a ton of injury issues, and then they don't have any depth to speak of. Look at the line. Look at the running back group. Right? They go ahead and they put. Uh, what's his face uh, gets put on IR. Sivan Ahmed is hurt. Devana Shane. He's dealing with the shoulder injury. He has an injury. You have, If you drafted Raheem Mostert in fantasy, it's like, listen, he's the only guy who's yeah. healthy. Yep. They're going to ride him forever. I, it's just. Yeah. I guess it's tough not being a Bills fan, huh?
3: Right? A, a chain should be back soon. I, it looked like AC joint sprain, but still, I mean, that's just one of those things. That it needs some and time to a, heal up there. And you're a
2: small running back. Yeah. Like, you're probably not built to take a lot of shots. Because there's, there's a difference backs. between college speed and NFL speed, oh, yeah. and I think what running backs learn is when you run away from contact, you it's what saved LaShawn McCoy's career. Yeah. LaShawn McCoy was able to play as long as he was with the speed and the agility. It was his speed and agility and the fact that he never took hard hits. Correct. He always took glancing mm-hmm. blows, or he was able to get away from contact and get to the sideline. When you're a smaller back coming out of college, the problem is is that everybody, that linebacker you're playing, runs the same speed as you. Mm-hmm. You're not outclassing anybody athletically anymore. So now you have to just hope that your vision develops and that you can cut and juke faster than those guys can close. And it's a cat and mouse game, but you no longer have the natural advantage you've been laying on for and that's what makes a lot of college running backs lazy. You know, Justice Hill looked like an all-star in yep. college playing for Oklahoma State. You put him in the NFL, he's just another dude who doesn't make much of an impact because he's not smarter or more agile or have the better vision than those linebackers. So they they bottle him up regularly. Yep. And that's that's where Shane is going to take a lot of contact. And if you have shoulder injuries now, you think it's going to
3: get better? If you get that proper rehab, sure. But it's just whether you have that time to, to actually get better. We have to close the show before Chris freaks out.
2: So we're going to talk about the Buffalo Bills, who have no major injuries to speak of ahead of week one. I more mean, or less, yeah. More or less Von Miller, you know. But there's some guys in the men that you wish you could have back. Oh, yeah. If we're going to talk about the Bills and where we stand ahead of the Jets game. If I have any immediate concern, the first thing I want to pick your brain about, the ir players after cut down and just when you think they might be back, shorter inspector, where do you put them in terms of, is this a five to six week thing? Is this a, hey, we'll see you in 10 weeks? Where do you see the severity of these soft tissue injuries?
1: I'll take it from here. Um, I would say next week when I go get my haircut, I will find out about Balin Spector. And uh, I'll get back to you on that <laughs> since his uh, girlfriend and I get our haircuts at the same place. So just move on to the next one.
2: I fucking I, hate you so much. When he says me and Balin Spector's girlfriend get our haircuts at the same place... Do you see? Do you hear what a chick he sounds like? Like that's a chick statement. Yeah, it is. I'm not, guys. I'm not trying to be. This isn't. This isn't macho. This is. That's a chick statement all day, and I will not stand for it. Me, we get our hair done at the same time when we gossip. So don't worry.
3: I'll bring back all of the.
2: I don't want. I don't want. What salon gossip? Fuck you in that hair.
3: God, I just wanna- got to get the gossip where I guess you can get it. But I guess. go with go Spectre first since we're talking about his. Uh, I mean, he, he does have a good you know mane of hair, too, you know. Uh, even though I don't know where he gets his haircut. But uh, he looked like he was having a grade two hamstring on his right side. He just kind of he tried slowing down to get the late hit off uh, out of bounds and just couldn't stop and, you know, tweaked his hamstring. He probably is close to 100% by the time he comes back from injury reserve. Might be still working through something, but they might be looking at us, hey, do we need to bring you back? And you know, we'll just bring you back when we have an injury. Because keep in mind, any injury reserve player, you have to make a roster transaction. So if there's a uh injured guy you can put an injured reserve or you have to cut or whatever else. Like that's some type of transaction, so you can't just bring him back and act like nothing happened. Well so scroll
2: up, Chris. Let me see who who might we replace because he was a special teamer.
3: Yeah, he's like he he's a core special
2: teamer. Yeah. So here's the question. If you're gonna bring him back, you think about who makes up the depth I of the special teams unit.
3: Try the, who you cut that you can get rid of. I mean, maybe Kingsley Jonathan if you really need some depth, but then you take away from the maybe defensive Thompson? line. That's been a popular discussion. People Maybe don't like Dodson. him. Yeah. Yeah, well, if, if he continues to fall down or just not really perform. But, I mean, you don't have a lot of guys, so I think you're banking on injury to get him back on the field. But he could be one of those guys that, hey, you get fully healthy, and then we bring him back when we do have to bring him back.
2: Sure, but also I look at this and I go, it's the same thing that costs. We talked about this in our last podcast. It's the reason Dorian Williams is here and A.J. Klein's not. Yeah. The team is finally recognizing, hey, we need, we, we've We we seen what you are. Yeah. The devil we don't know might be better than the devil we do, and yep. fuck it, we'll roll the dice. Yep. They, I could see a world where when he's healthy, they say, hey, listen, Terrell, we hung you out there in the fourth quarter because we really didn't care what happened to <laughs> you.
3: Like, yeah.
2: Not that we didn't care what happened to you, but also we kind of felt like you're not. You need to go take that role because that's your spot on the yep. team now. Yep. And, oh. and I think if it wasn't for that injury, he might have been cut. Oh, Bernard? No. no. I think that oh, Tyrell Dodson. Dodson could have oh, been yeah. cut if Daniel yeah. Inspector was healthy.
3: I agreed. Agreed. So yeah.
2: it'll be interesting to watch how that plays out. As far as shorter.
3: I don't know what's going on with him. I I know that some people are like, oh, you make him an injury and he's coming to the IR. I'm sure that's a legitimate injury. But he played, I think, like 35 snaps. I looked up because I was trying to I was trying to find this stuff on film. And when I see 35 steps, I'm like, I'm not doing that fucking work <laughs> to find I Really? Like, I'm gonna swap. I mean, I, I I like doing this stuff, but at some point I look, that is not worth my time to go look through. And if it's a, a grade one, you might see him grab a little bit or it might tighten up on silence. You're not gonna see that stuff. So like I'm not gonna look for it, but they probably did this to say, hey, it's a legitimate injury. We probably were going to cut you. Let's put you on IR. Let's let you develop, get healthy, get things down because he didn't have a great or training camp. So let's keep you on the roster, but not have to expose your ravers because somebody might have picked him up. But that's that's my theory on that. But um I'm sure it's a real injury. But I'm sure it's more. Hey, let's keep you on the roster because we can do that. Terrell Bernard, Schrodinger's middle
2: linebacker. This guy. Didn't play a – he won – we were talking about it. He won the off season by not playing a snap. Which is credible. Every, he just let everybody else show their ass. Yeah. And by default won the middle linebacker job. So we don't know that he stinks at it. We just haven't – like, because he, we haven't seen him, we have to assume that he's good. Yeah. Or at least he's better than those guys. Now, we don't know that he's better than them. But that hamstring injury and when he got it's really unfortunate because it happened right before the preseason game.
3: Yep, 2 days before.
2: Where is he now in terms of his ramp up back to practice from the videos you've seen? Like does it look like he's full? Does it look like they're limiting him?
3: Uh today it looked like he was pretty much back to full full go. I don't think there's any limitations and you know, from the way Brandon Bean was talking, it sounded like he was really close last week before the cut down day. Of course, they weren't going to cut him at all, but it seems like he's going to be good to go for week one. Um, it's just unfortunate, but it's, it's crazy that you win a starting job by not playing. Like, you would think that you had to earn it, but right? he, he was one of those guys that came out. He missed thir- 17 games over the course of his Baylor career with a lot of fractures and a lot of unfortunate injuries. And, like, he had a real bad shoulder injury, but, like, he played through a lot of stuff, but you got to question how his body's going to hold up. At the NFL level, and we're already seeing that, hey, that might not happen, but he didn't have any injuries last year, but he also didn't play a lot last year. So we'll see how this, if this is going to be a trend or not. Hey,
2: Chris, it's a good thing we have somebody learning the playbook on the practice squad, huh? Oh, yeah. That Kirksey signing just makes me feel a lot better about all of this.
3: Khalil Shakir, did we ever figure out where he hurt his ribs? Um, I thought there was two plays. There was one, I think it was on second play of the the Bears game, or no, the Steelers game, excuse me, where he tackled and it looked like he got a cleat up into his chest. That was a good indicator where it could have been, you know, it's probably more than just sore ribs. Like, you're not sitting out for all week for sore ribs. Like, I'm going to punch you and that's sore ribs. He probably broke a rib in there somewhere. So that was a good case. And then there was also one toward the end of the, the his series, because he only played, I think, it was 12 snaps, where he can't land on his right side. But like... You landed, and you can brace yourself with the shoulder. There's a lot of other things. So I think he probably got kicked up inside and was probably sore and then realized, oh, this is hurting. I got a real problem here. But he probably had a broken rib. They're not going to tell us that stuff, but that explains why he's not going to practice all week and then miss that game.
2: Fair. Long-term concerns, we don't really have any. Not At least not right now. Right now, the Bills are full go. There's not an injury. Like, outside of the linebacker core. There's no injuries on our defense other than Von Miller. Yep. Now, before we talk about him, because he's the silver tuna, Connor McGovern, w- there's still a lot of mystery around this, like, oh, all of a sudden he's on the injury report with the knee. But now we see in videos that he's practicing. And everyone goes, oh, hey, this is wonderful. And then I see you tweet out, hey, I'm watching this video, and it doesn't look great. Why don't you walk us through your prognosis of where he's at right now? Because I found that really interesting that where everyone was applauding the fact like, oh, he's back to practice. Everything's going to be fine. You were like, no, I'm watching the way he's, his mechanics are operating and it doesn't look great.
3: So, Give me a second to pull up the video here because then I can walk you through. It. I mean, now, if you want to go to my timeline, you can look at my, you know, yeah, where can they find like that? Banged up bills Is on it Twitter. At, at banged up bills yes, on at, Twitter. Yep. At banged up bills. Yes. So let me find it here. It's almost here. Uh, you should send that to me. The video? Okay, I will. Yes,
2: there yeah. it is. I think it's it. I think you might have just passed it.
3: No. Oh, here it is. Yep. Yeah. Um, how do I send it
1: to you so you can put <laughs> it up on the thing? Doesn't matter. Just send it to me on uh, just Dropbox it or whatever.
3: I will. Okay, I know what I gotta do.
1: There you go. So.
3: Give me a second while working through this here. Of course, I don't know how to. Guys, listen, uh, here's what I'll
2: say. The thing is, we signed Connor McGovern. <laughs> Nobody in here knows how to vamp except for me. Guys, leave it to the bloviator to fill up the room. Uh, well, Kyle's busy, all right. Kyle's busy. He's actually working. Uh, <laughs> Connor McGovern was this guy that we signed to be. like.
3: There you go. Check your DMs. He there, was supposed
2: buddy. to be a better version of what Roger Saffold was supposed to be. And then he came in and immediately did not do well early on in training camp. And everyone goes, oh, shit, we've been fleeced again. But then it seemed like he kind of came around. And in that Steelers game where everything did not go well for the offensive line, you could see that it, he had a, there there was a plan for that interior defensive line or offensive line. And the thing with that is that, They've kind of figured out what we need to do for Josh Allen is we need to protect the integrity of the pocket. The depth of the pocket has to be maintained. We can't have free rushers coming into his face off the A and B gap. No, yep. Can't happen. No. So that's what Connor McGovern does well. He anchors well and he holds down his gap. <clears throat> now, is he a guy who's going to reach to the second level on run? No, no, not not routinely. But what he will do is he will make sure that they that there's not a lot of D tackles that can get past him into the pocket. If you're a blitzing linebacker and the center has the de-tackle, he can pass the guy off and pick up that linebacker pretty quickly and maintain the integrity of the pocket mm-hmm. because they don't want rushers in Josh Allen's face. They learned their lesson last year. Now, the problem with that is that it does expose your tackles, and that's why in that Pittsburgh game, you saw their plan. They go, this is what we want to do with our starters. And it left our tackles on islands, and both Dawkins and both Dawkins and Spencer Brown look bad. But they're also playing against Highsmith and uh, what is it? Highsmith and Was it what, Watt, TJ Watt? Yeah, I- I'm. They're not slouches. Okay, you're left on an island. It's the preseason. Yep. fine. I'm sure they'll have more plan for like pass rush planning done during the week. But here we are, we're watching this video. Now, Kyle, walk me through what you're seeing with his motions right there.
1: He
3: doesn't look good. He's like he's running in the sand. So it's it's about a 15-second clip or something like that, 20 second. So you can see where he has to take extra steps to really square up and drive forwards. When he drives forward, it is fine. But he has to take that extra step, which could be the difference on getting your block or not there. And then you see him kind of cut to the right there, and he just Ooh. has trouble slowing down. Yeah. And it just doesn't oh. – it just looks – it looks boggy. awkward. It, it looks just, awkward. It's very boggy, and you can tell he's not happy with it.
2: Right there, yeah. when he kind of like slows down
3: and looks, he at, does his no explosion off that right knee. Now he almost granted, looks at it. Yeah,
2: at the end of both of those plays, yep. he looked at his knee.
3: Yep. And now That's he's like, not good. Now, at the time when this was taking place, he was a week out from the knee injury, and at the time they said that he banged his knees per Atlanta Getzenberg from uh, ESPN. So we don't know the exact details. You know. Brandon Bean said, eh, nothing, nothing major, but they've said that about countless injuries. I mean, they they sugarcoat the truth a lot of times with this stuff, and that's that's the right. That's what they do. They want to maintain a competitive advantage, but there's something more going on with McGovern. I question whether he's going to be ready for week one. Now, I don't think this is going to be a long-term injury, but I really if question. If they handle it properly. Yeah. So, okay, I'm going to give you this question. Do you take a 70% Connor McGovern- or 100% David Edwards against Quentin Williams. That's
2: where it's like both of them. Again, you're talking about Schrodinger's guard because I haven't seen either one of them play. Yeah. So because I haven't seen either one of them play, I know this one played starting guard for a Super Bowl winner, and this one has been pretty good over the last few years, which got him $8 million a year from the Buffalo Bills. Mm -hmm. They have both done well in their careers. If I had to pick... I just feel like the guy who isn't looking at his knee like that, the guy who doesn't come up after a rep
3: staring at his injured knee, Yep, that's the guy I want in the field. That's what I'm thinking too. And I'm like, I'm sure, hey, McGovern's out there because I'm sure he wants to make sure he comes back and he's competitor, He wants to play. But like at some point, it's like, are you becoming a liability? And you got Outsiders Torrance on the other side. Now he's he's been fine, but he's going to get his lunch taken from him. By Quentin Williams and the other defensive guys on the Jets. I mean, I mean it's maybe just, not, but but the thing is, is, he's a rookie. You don't know exactly. So I'd rather have somebody healthy out there that can get the job done, even if you make McGovern active and just have him sit on the sidelines. But I just I don't like where things are at right now and where things are looking at the week and a half. I hope they're gonna be looking better, but that I little just don't skip know. Stack
2: right there at the I rep. know, guys. For those of you who are watching this, Chris, I don't know if you can incorporate this into the YouTube version. Is that copyright violation? I'm sure. Come no, on. This is
3: an NFL. This is from who who took this film. Andy Young from Spectrum News. Okay. I'm sure it's not copyright. So, so yeah, I will put as this he in gears YouTube, down from the fucking people already run, saw it as he <laughs> gears
2: down right there. He kind of puts his hand over, goes, don't touch me. And then he kind of slowly tentatively steps. I've done that step. Yeah, I've done that step. And it's when I like, oh, fuck my knee. Yeah. Yeah, it's usually it's softball, and it's like, oh fuck, I move too quickly. <laughs> don't do that. I'm old. Yeah. Conor McGovern, I don't want him out
3: there if if that's the mechanic. Yeah, yeah that's what he's gonna look. At. Yeah, so I want him sitting on the sideline. Then give him a week, healthy. give him two. It shouldn't be something that lingers. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's not gonna linger for a long time. But yeah, I don't like what it looks like right now.
2: And then Von Miller, that's the question in everybody's mind. You know, you hear people that are like, oh, he's on the pup list. Ah. Uh. He's on PUP, which might be the best thing for him. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm surprised they didn't put him on, like, like get him on the roster, put him on IR. Because I assumed they would want to stash him until the end of October. The fact that you put him on the PUP list, now there... And I think people need to understand the designation between this. Von Miller on the PUP list means there is a certain... There's a, there's a runway now where he needs to be airborne by a certain week or else you have to either IR him or you have to put him on the active roster. The fact that they did this kind of underscores that they believe he will be back sooner rather than later, correct? Absolutely. Now, what in the video clips that they've put out there and all the all the videos he puts out on it you you're one of those people who all every time he puts out a video that gasses up the fan base. You're there with your rational medical opinion, being like, well, be- <laughs> "I'm watching what he's doing. That's cool, but he's not really also doing yeah. the like." Of course, on an on an ACL tear, you can do leg lifts and you can do the straight. He up He looked and down great with
3: stuff. those Bulgarian de- uh, yeah. single whatever they're called. Yeah, he looked good, but that's one plane of motion. Let's see, I do cutting, and
2: then so then he at camp the other day, he were at practice, he was running the thing, and he obviously was slow as shit. Yeah. yeah. Watching that, how far off are we from seeing Von Miller? But then also, what's what's the
3: realistic expectations for him when he first comes back? Okay. So let me clarify a few things. So you said that they want to go Pup to injury reserve. So if he got activated from Pup... That would imply that he passed a physical. Then to put him on injury reserve would mean he would have to have some injury. That's going to be some sh- shady stuff. We only see in New England if that does happen, where some guy suffers injury as soon as they get activated. Uh, that could certainly happen, but that wouldn't have flown too well with anything. So no. to say, keep him on pipe is, is a, the safe choice there. Now, keep in mind too. We didn't see him for three weeks doing any of these drills. From August 3rd, 4th from what I found, up until last week, he disappeared. Now, we saw the same timeline with Trey White, and we know that there's some mental aspects with that with coming back from a major, major injury like that. But we didn't see Von Miller for three weeks there. Does that suggest a setback? I mean, that's just a speculation at this point. But, you know, you also don't activate him either now, and try to play him week one, and have your know, quad strain, your calf strain, hamstring strain, groin. Or do you just let him sit on the pop list, get the act, extra roster spot? You sign or Kingsley Jonathan, bring him to the active roster, and then you bring back Von Miller when there's an injury, week six, whatever it is there. But like, there's no rush to bring him back. Like you sign this guy to play in the playoffs, <laughs> and win a goddamn Super Bowl.
2: Okay, so here's what I'm looking at. Bryce Hall tore his ACL October 23rd,
3: 2022.
2: Okay. Von Miller ACL teared. Thanksgiving. Day. So it was Thanksgiving. So a full month later. Now, they're a month apart in their timeline. Mm -hmm. This athlete's much younger than him. But this guy's a little. He's savvy and he's done this before. So maybe that shaves some time off. Yeah. But younger athlete, this guy. The fact that he's not on the pub list, that Bryce Hall is just out there.
3: Bryce no. Hall knows where he wants to go. Von Miller has to react to where he wants to go.
2: Okay, so you're saying it's, it's, it's also positional, and it has a lot yep. to do with what
3: you're doing. Which is why I whiffed so bad on the Travis White thing last year, because yes. I was like, oh, he's going to want to get back out there. Of course, like I said, other factors in play. But looking back now, it was unrealistic that he was going to be back that quickly, but they were going to obviously keep him possible in case he could come back. But you just... You need Von Miller for January, not. not and September. Chris,
2: is that the prevailing attitude that we don't give a shit about what happens? Look, like, uh, no. I'm gonna pull up the Bill C- uh, Bills' schedule. We'll start off the
1: Jets on Monday night. The Raiders in week two. Week three is uh, what the doll is that the Dolphins, Commanders, Commanders, and then the Dolphins. Yep. Yeah, October
2: first, the Dolphins. So and Von Miller playing. Two, three, yeah, four. Those are games. That I'm sorry. They're all winnable.
3: They're all winnable without Von Miller. Why do you need him out there? I don't want him getting a hamstring strain or groin, and then having to miss the next three, four games. When you play actually decent teams in Jacksonville, Miami, New York, uh, whoever else is down after that, that you you hit more than me the potatoes. Not only that, but
2: what I don't, I guess that that's why the IR thing made sense to me is because yeah. what I was looking at is this stretch, yeah, where you go oh in. In late October, it's at the Patriots. Then it's the Buccaneers, and you go, okay, the Buccaneers. Kyle Trask is probably playing by then. Yeah, I don't know, but then it's the Bengals, the Broncos, the Jets, the Eagles, the Chiefs, the Cowboys. The like, yeah. we end with a murderer's row of who's that's who. That's why you football. want Von Miller, and that's where I want him ready to go, yep. amped up, in game shape. Let's go! He's out there punching people in the mouth. I just, I feel like I, it's nice that he's on PUP, not IR. It means that they have faith in that recovery timeline. It just scares me a little bit. Because I worry that you're putting him back out there before it can be effective, and now you're taking somebody else off the field who yeah. can do the job.
3: Yeah. Well, you said active roster, but I mean, if IR and pop once you get the regular season are pretty much the same thing.
2: Oh, you know, no, 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 for, except for the fact that you could, I like, hey, short-term IR, but then also, well, I'm going to put you on IR in season. Yeah. Now I can bring you back after a certain point, but I'm not obligated. Yeah. Whereas with Pup, you're, there you're, is a, the window closes. Yeah.
3: Yeah, yeah, so you have to be on it for minimum four games, and then you have a three-week window of practice, and then you have to make a decision either activate them or put them back on pop and you're in the season, whereas IR, you could keep them on there for a while. There's some different There's things with that. There's some
2: but- gamesmanship with the roster you could have done if you had chosen IR yeah. and that's You could really I'm, extend
3: that runway a lot longer had you IR'd him, but eight. then it would have passed a physical, but then it says, oh, he gets injured. Hey, should you have not passed him in the physical? And the eight. pop allows them to move through smoother. All right. That's fair. But what I love is that, Chris, if you look at the positions
2: we've talked about, linebacker, wide receiver, right. offensive line, defensive line, our team is fucking deep. Yeah. We're here talking about guys that could be the cherry on top of a Sunday, yeah. rather than having to be the whole meal. Yeah, that's that's the difference between us and everybody else in the AFC East. So, well, the Mike Florio's of the world want to posit that we hey, oh, they, they passed the bills. You know what you guys didn't do is you didn't build an army. What you did was you built sandcastles. Yeah. Really close to the shoreline, and you just hope the tide doesn't roll in. What we did was we built a real NFL roster that's deep. We can absorb multiple injuries if we They went 13-3 after
3: all the shit they went through last year. That's that's incredible. We were the
2: most injury-impacted team of 2023, and we went to the divisional round of the playoffs.
1: And you lost three games by a total of eight points. Bang!
2: So somebody get in the ring with me and tell me that with a deeper roster... A healthy roster, by all by all accounts, we haven't lost anyone of significant concern. Did we have to like? No one got like season-ending injury except for Tommy Doyle.
3: Yeah, which was awful. I really hope he can has a good recovery. That guy. Hey, can we raise yeah. one up for Tommy Doyle? He is a rough. He has a rough rehab, but drop yeah. foot
2: too. Like yes, yeah.
3: nice. and that does happen with the posterior lateral corner injuries because you know the. Uh, the nerve back in that area does get injured, and hopefully it's temporary. Um, but it just—it's a lot. He had a lot more damage than he did last time. So, so the guy
2: is just—I'm sick about it. But at the same time, our front office responded mm-hmm. and got us a swing tackle. Yep. I—I I can't be upset about the state of the roster. I think we're the only team in the AFC East who doesn't have any injury concerns that can say that.
3: You know, the only team I feel like I'd worry about at all is the Dolphins, but that's if they're healthy. But if they start going down, then you kind of get back to what they had last year where that, especially that late season stretch where they just start losing games. But I'm not really worried about the Jets, and of course I'm biased being a Bills fan, but I'm not worried about the Jets because I think that they're going to start falling apart, especially with just all the stuff that comes with Aaron Rodgers. And then the Patriots, I just the Patriots look like the Bills were during the drought years. Whoa, like,
2: whoa, 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 whoa! They'll they'll just go to a hovel in the fucking middle of the middle of Wisconsin and do ayahuasca about it.
3: Yeah, they'll just so. do, Chris psychedelics. will fix everything, right? I respect the Dolphins. I just they need to stay healthy in
1: order to compete. Yeah psychedelics help alcohol also helps Kyle (laughs) you got a guess for up here beer watch our beer watch starts next week we start counting our beers for the summer DM us email us tweet at us there's already a pinned tweet on our Twitter handle give us your number for what we're going to drink this season whoever gets it correctly you're going to win the Q42 family of products
3: what was the number last year? Do I get three
1: thirty? Three thirty. Okay. Somebody got it correctly, but they don't listen to the podcast, so <sighs> they didn't. They didn't get their uh, prize. Three thirty last year. All right. Uh,
3: so you don't drink a lot during the season, Chris, because you work at night. You have kids
1: that are going to continue to drive you nuts and leave you sleep less. I know. Also experience. factor in how if if we make the playoffs and how far we go. Yeah. Okay. That makes a that makes a whole lot of. We already got a lowball answer from Andrew McGowan. All right, we can go. He lowball. I think he said two sixty nine. No, I'm not gonna give you that there. <laughs> Listen, guys, I don't. Know. I'll give you three o seven right now. All right, three o seven from Kyle Trimble. Here you go. I,
2: I love that 2017 when the Bills broke the drought is when I was literally putting this podcast on my back in terms of Beer Watch because that season was so frustrating. I remember drinking, I remember having to call an Uber from Chris's house <laughs> because the day, the week after we lost to the Chargers in the Nathan Peterman game, God. I had like 17 beers during a, like two hours of podcasting. And everyone's like, wait, it it's funny because Shane Gillis talks about this. Yep. Like he goes on pie, he drinks a lot of, it. he goes, oh, you're just drinking light beer. Everyone goes, oh yeah, d- yeah but you drink a lot, but it's light beer. Yeah? It still hits you. Drink 18 light beers and tell me how you think. <laughs> Drink 18 light beers and then hang behind a microphone. Exactly. Let's let's do this. So I enjoy the fact that you guys show up week in, week out, month in, month out, season in, season out, and support the drunken nonsense that goes on here. <laughs> Kyle, you started off as a listener. You've now become a, a friend of mine, my wife's, my... You've been, Again, you were the guy that my wife goes, <laughs> you mean to tell me that there's a guy from the Internet? You met a man on the Internet, and now he's coming to our home. <laughs> and I was like, it's, when you say it like that, it yeah. sounds
3: creepy. There's a no, lot of people
2: down no, in your friend circle I,
3: that really could have ruined it for you. There's not, a lot of people. In fact, everybody else.
2: <laughs> Here's what I love, though. It's, it was that thing where then you came over and you were normal as shit. And she goes, <laughs> okay. Well, then, Chris, the worst part was she goes, wait a minute. He's actually super fucking normal. My husband is the fucking weirdo. <laughs> oh, no.
1: It sounds like something you could talk about tomorrow on It's Always Sunny. Yes. That's
2: absolutely yes. true. Guys, thank you for showing up. Thank you for listening to the podcast. I'm, I'm hoping that we gave you a little bit more confidence. We in, we educated you on the injury setup for every single football team in the AFC, and we helped you feel a little bit better about where we stand in regards to our competition. But for tonight, we got to get the hell out of here. I'm Drew Gear. That's Chris Krueger. That's Kyle Trimble from bangedupbills.com and what at bangedupbills on Twitter.
3: Yep. Instagram, Reddit, Facebook.
2: (sighs) And this has been your AFCs roundup.